2: Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
0: Works in certain situations has been the most important thing for me. I'm Listening is brought to you by Silver State Health Services. Visit silverstatehealth.org. This month in sports history, June twenty third, 1972, would level the playing field for women in sports. Congress would enact Title IX of the Education Amendments. It would prohibit sex discrimination in any educational program, receiving any type of federal financial aid. It's not always easy to know if you need an accident lawyer. That's why you can always call Sam and Ash for free. If you've been hurt and it wasn't your fault, call us, 702-820-1234. Or visit salmonashlaw.com. We'll help you figure it out because you deserve what's right. KXST North Las Vegas KXT EHD3 Perumed. Broadcasting live from the Finley Chevy Studios, home of the woo. Your home for Los Angeles Dodgers baseball. 1140 The Bet. An Odyssey Station. Live from Las Vegas. Sports talk, hot takes, and all of the bangers. Lindsey Brown and Adrian Hernandez, the Playmakers.
2: Welcome back to another edition of the Playmakers. It is Thursday, even though it feels like a Wednesday. Short weeks always give you a little bit of discombobulation, but you know what? It's the same name, same personalities, but we do have... I don't even know if you're a guest anymore. You're like...
1: I think I'm more like...
2: Every other weekend, you get dropped off. I mean, that's what the custody (laughs) agreement has been. Yeah, babysitting. You know? (laughs) Yeah, babysitting. Only, only when, what, is it babysitting when you're watching your kid, Adrian?
1: Yeah, uh, basically. Sometimes uh
2: I, mom I would like, feel like that. I don't like it when I have to babysit my kid. It's your kid. Why are you babysitting? Like, you're just taking care of your kid. No, 100%. Words. Yeah,
1: it's 100%, but sometimes it feels like I'm babysitting, and that's a, that's a wrong mentality that I try to help. Put away the screen. Don't just put something on for the kids Right.
2: Let's get some celery sticks out here. Let's get some building blocks.
1: Damn right, Don. Little Einstein.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Damn. That is a, a a very wonderful afternoon plan, but not the plan that we have in front of us today. My name is Lindsay Brown, and uh, across from me in the glasses,
1: Adrian Hernandez, and joining us, Dominic Lavoie.
2: Welcome, gentlemen. Happy to have you both back and uh, very excited to be here for another show. Playmakers Plus today? No. Oh, we're live. We're
1: all the way through for the rest of the week, you know what I'm
2: saying? The pressure mounting moment by moment, but we have a hell of a show, uh, uh, hopefully, planned for you today. Uh, We're getting some mental health stuff in in terms of college athletics here in a minute, but in terms of what to expect, we're going to... Be a, a very basketball-heavy program here today, or at least the, the meat of the of the meat and potatoes combination. We'll go through kind of how did we get here, the road to the NBA Finals? Who did the Celtics beat and how? Who did the Warriors beat and how? What defines the team? You know, just kind of a, a, a quick little glance over before in our second hour we'll do a little bit of a deeper dive uh, on tonight's Game 1 matchup in San Francisco, Golden State, Boston, um, very exciting stuff for the homeland for you, Dominic.
1: Yes, indeed. Yes, I-
2: yes, indeed. You've oh, your bit Boston. already. <laughs>
1: oh, Boston vibes in there. Oh, yeah.
2: Are you from Minnesota now? <laughs> You're stealing my <laughs> bit, too? You steal his bit, and you come directly over, and you show up at 2.15? Damn. We're yeah. like, what's happening?
1: <laughs> I was going to say, the the championship air... Is definitely definitely in this studio. It's very exciting with the NBA Finals. It kind of got damp in uh, you know, because in Boston, you know, I, but I'm still conflicted <laughs> with these NBA Finals because I still don't know who to root for. Yeah, if there was a don't way worry, for it to be. We still hate
2: ourselves on the inside. That hasn't changed about yeah. either of us. <laughs> that <laughs> has not changed. Uh, it's an end of the era of an era, I should say. Uh, we got some retirements in the NFL that we have to talk to and basically do a blast from the past. A uh, deep dive with 35, where we we're trying to find a trapdoor to a rabbit hole in my um, encyclopedic brain, and then, uh, as I mentioned, we'll get into game one and talk a little bit about, about Coco Goff making some French Open history uh, and, and just wherever else this show goes because let's just say in the latter parts of the week, it tends to get a little bit more fluid, and then when Dominic shows up, things tend to just kind of rewrite themselves. But you know what? That's why I think it's important for us to get probably our most important topic not out of the way but to address it first in our can opener.
0: It's time for the can opener.
2: So we have been part of the ongoing conversation about mental health about the crisis that we're seeing across, you know, multiple levels of our society, but especially in collegiate athletics. As a former student athlete myself, you know, we, most of us go professional in something other than athletics. Um it's been a very alarming couple of years and and I I found this article earlier today it's on a a site called the fire pit collective and it's by Jordan Perez and specifically looks at what the NCAA mental health crisis means for college golf and uh, Dominic you and I are watching the the women's U.S. Open right now Nellie Korda having to deal with some some lost um, golf balls off the tee but in terms of I I thought this was a good article because I I wanted to wait a few weeks to really address this or start to address it in the new light because I, I think we've gotten enough evidence of what is going on here because it's been, I think six people just this year, mm. six student athletes have taken their own lives and the world's a, a big scary place right now. This we know, and that creates a lot less breathing room for other things in your life but the article, which is great in its entirety, I found this little this little label, or at least an explanation of something I think we've talked about several times, and that I wanted to bring this up first. Um, it, they're talking about Ivy Shepard, who's who's a golfer and and her kind of experience. Uh, I'll just kind of read it verbatim. Ivy Shepard never tallied up the sleepless nights or days in a row. She spent isolating herself in bed. Why would she? She wanted everyone around her to know the extroverted, goofy Ivy, not not the side that was quickly taking over. Her personality was bright as her golf game, or so it seemed. Um, she was one of the most highly touted recruits in Clemson's history. She had a breakout season freshman year, all-conference honors. Um Almost every conscious hour of my day, she says, I was focused on golf and worried about golf. It wasn't until Shepard sought treatment at the end of her freshman year that she realized how much she had reduced her self-worth to numbers on a scorecard. Eventually, she'd open up to an assistant coach and some of her teammates uh, something that she wishes had happened sooner. And here's the here's the the key part that I want everybody to pay attention to. Shepard had suffered from... Identity foreclosure defined by the APA as a premature commitment to an identity, the unquestioning acceptance by individuals of the roles, values, and goals that others like parents, close friends, teachers, athletic coaches have chosen for them. And it's a very prevalent trait among high-level athletes, especially golfers who oftentimes cite their earliest memories with a club in hand a uh, sports psychologist named Mike Clark says that gra- says graduation is when stud- it hits student athletes the hardest. The question that I often ask people who are coming to this realization is when did you start playing your sport? For many they say 4 years old. And so okay, so tell me about a memory that you have before you were playing sports. And then it's like blink blink damn blink and they can't come up with it. And I I so empathize with with this feeling like it wasn't a golf club for me I mean I played golf in high school but golf was an escape for me um, or at least a a change in pace and sport from hockey but I started skating at age two and I was in figure skating first and I I found my way but when when you become identified as someone as someone to pay attention to or is this is something that you can pursue at potentially a higher level it becomes everything because you're going for the result, be that uh, the professional route or to just get uh, get into college, have it paid for, whatever the, the opportunities that open it up. There's the money part of it. There's the social part of it. And then there's the self-identity part of it. Because, and that's kind of the merging of the two, right? Because I'm a product. I am a prospect. I need to get myself to here. And for me to get to here, I need to do this, 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 and this.
1: And it's and then, constant.
2: And I get up the next day and I do it again. And I get up the next day and I do it again. And what I really want to talk about here, because I'm not really sure where we need help more, if it, if it's during the actual collegiate career of, of these people, or if it's creating a better support network after, because it took me, I'm still dealing with a lot of the effects of not being Lindsay Brown, the hockey player. I mean, I'm talking about how I, I, I haven't been able to leave. It's the most consistent relationship I've ever had in my life. It's also one of the most toxic ones. Um, but the access to resources is is so important. And we've talked about the the lack and how you have, you know, your big power conference schools that probably have somebody on staff. But you know what? They're probably they have one sports psychologist for all the teams and they're seeing like 30, 40 people a day at like the division two and division three levels. It's not the same, or even like the lower division one levels. But ultimately. Whether the structure exists or not, the biggest common denominator of getting people help are the coaches, truly. And that's a lot of pressure for them to deal with, in addition to all of the other things, recruiting. Um, scouting you have all of the the business administration part of it you have the meetings with players like all of these things
1: the things that they're going through too yeah exactly personally.
2: exactly cuz coach is just you know another suit that you put on on your overall body of work a body of of you of a human being and and i just think about how lucky i am to have the experience that I did at St. A's and for me to run into coach Matthews because she got my ass into therapy. The second I got there because I needed it. And she recognized it. I was flailing. I was drinking a lot. I was looking to escape into different things. And, and it wasn't even like self-destructive. It was just like, you don't know where to go. You feel bad. So you try to feel better. And that becomes a self-destructive cycle in and of itself, even though you're not intentionally doing it. And, and I just think about, how so many coaches get into the business because they see the business as a profitable model versus getting into the business to give back to a game or give back to the community like there's there's different motivational sources for why people do things and that matters it matters it truly does because if if i view my players as just my lifeblood to make sure that i don't get fired or the results are everything I'm not going to have those conversations with my players. I'm not going to be a safe space for them to come to me, because I, I'm not recognizing their full humanity, right?
1: And that's what worries me in this situation.
2: That's what worries about me in society.
1: Yeah, period. No, 100.
2: But that's where we're looking. It's a microcosm. It's a. It's a. It's um. It's a magnifying glass because you're seeing the convergence of of big time dollars not necessarily of what's earning potential for people because we know that that's not the case for most athletes. This is about the investment. This is about the life. This is about the sacrifice that you and the people around you, your family, your friends, have had to make to raise you up in this particular um, community community and for you to have this shot. And just think of how much pressure that is on, on, on a student athlete who is student first. And that's the other thing too. Like I remember I want St. A's is a really tough school. Like they, they are very adamant about differentiating themselves from like the Ivies and, and the NESCACs out there, which are just basically like more expensive Ivy league colleges, but smaller um, with like grade inflation and stuff like you earn it. And with that, with that different type of like academic grueling, not all professors were super pumped to like hear that we were going to miss class or that we needed accommodation or that we needed to maybe take the test a different day. Like, Not everybody's here to play ball with us too. Yeah. And then you think about the pressure that you have for school of just depending on your major, and I hope that you're majoring in something that actually has tangible future rather than just picking something because I'm, I'm here to play a sport for four to five years because I know plenty of people are like that because you do not envision the after because that is a painful thing. To know that your entire life's work will stop here unless you want to go do this and unless you want to go do that like it and you ultimately everything changes because it's not your whole life you're out you're out in the public now and you're not even equipped to even deal with that because you've lived in this little petri dish of a world and now just go fly
1: and I, and I think it's something that a lot of people deal with, you know, outside of college athletics. And mm-hmm. I think an important thing that you said is for that shot. And I think it needs to be mentioned that it's basically a one in a million shot. But the infrastructure and the way that things have been set up. Mm-hmm. And I think, and you brought it up, you were you were in skate since you were two years old. Mm-hmm. The way that this AAU mentality and whether it's cheerleading, dancing, uh, wrestling, soccer, whatever, and you these travel leagues like this mentality, whether it's given from the parents and, and given to the kids or just the kids' mentality, they're having to deal with this and mm-hmm. these thoughts and even just outside of trying to get into college or trying to play sports. Yeah. And I think that that really does have a ripple effect. And
2: and not you know, just on the, on the relationship that the athlete has with themselves, but the relationship that they have with their parents too.
1: 100%. Because
2: then you end up with people who – who say that they're parents, but they're actually drivers. And I don't mean the drivers that have the wheel with the with the other four hitting the ground. I mean, I drive my child. I push them. I tell them. And what, is it, what does it do to the psyche when you say, we have to optimize everything? I need the best of this. I need to go to training. I can't waste this time. I can't be messy. I can't lose this opportunity. Every, every day is an opportunity, right? Every morning, you could wake up at 4 a.m. and go grind, and then get after your best day. But that's not always what's what what is healthy to an individual. What's like, fun? What exactly? <laughs> like they have no idea. And then we wonder why the, people get into these such dark places. And ultimately, what's the scariest part about, um, you know, depression and and losing your life to that, and and the battle of what that is, is that bravery is just something you need to conjure up for three to five seconds for me to move to vegas for me to talk to marty brodeur or for me to get really brave about a big mistake and then it's gone and you just think about all these cortisol levels we've been talking about since the pandemic and since we've started the show adrian of just the mood swings that people are riding and how different the support system is for people your age dominic Mm -hmm. because I was running around outside a lot as a kid and I didn't get my, like I had a Nokia phone that would have survived a nuclear blast in seventh grade. Like I remember getting texting, unlimited texting. That was the thing. And being like, Oh my God. Like, and nobody really knew what that, what that meant. And that didn't, you weren't even going to send that many messages because you were on a T9 thing. You had to press, you know, number one, four times, to get to the letter D. And so it, just think of how much slower we were. And how, what, how, when you're taking in information on a screen versus reading it and how much more quickly you can digest it and then when you're going quicker that means you can you can digest more and if you're digesting more our good supply is going to run out, right? And we get into the deep stuff then we get into the stuff that isn't real like it's so easy. Even the easy.
1: dialogue about some of these stories. 100%. Where you read these stories and, and there's, there's just very aggressiveness on one way or another. Yep. And those conversations and those tones and those words wouldn't be used if this was discussed in a Outside social setting, face to face. Because to me, a lot of this is a combination of all these different dynamics. Like to me, it's just not we're looking at our screens all day. Like, no, it's more than that. And there's different facets that all it's the worshipping.
2: It's the prioritization. It's the it's the the fact that they make our lives a lot easier, right? Mm-hmm. That's the thing. There's a lot of good that comes from these screens, but there are con there's bad sides to everything. And and we've even when we talk about like the gun legislation and stuff, we've given the green light for everything there's no oversight. And then we wonder like what's happening? What's happening? We're we're clearly acting out based off of what we're putting into our body. And that doesn't just mean food, guys. Like this is this is constant. This is you being in an environment that is toxic for you. Like I know for a fact I would not be the person I am today if I didn't leave Minnesota. I probably wouldn't be here in general, guys. I'm not exaggerating. And so like I think it's hard for people to truly understand how much of a product they are of their environment and what they put into. And because we just kind of have like this false sense of power that, well, if I, if I do this, this is the outcome. If I send my kid to this camp and I do it every year and then they get up at 5am to do this and they're going to end up with a college scholarship. And that's just straight up not true. And when you have that as the mindset and when the sports mindset that becomes the alpha sports, aren't about developing kids anymore. Sports are about developing products. Coach Matthews on her Instagram, and she's been on this program many times before. Uh, She posted her her story earlier. Youth coaches, remember, our jobs are to help kids love sport. About 70% of kids stop playing sports by the age of 13, and just over 7% of athletes play sports in college, and only 1.8% of men and women play Division I sports. Narrow is the gate that leads them to success, and even more narrow is the gate to continued success. Have fun, work hard, enjoy the journey, and treat people good along the way. The journey is the dream. The work is the dream. Fall in love with the game and the work. Fall in love with working hard and have fun getting better. And that's where sports to me, and especially like goalie and and golf test, it it was about a process. It was about me having a place to go and for me to be able to make my body feel good when I wanted it to. Like that's a very rare thing for me. And now that I kind of realize more about like my brain chemistry and wiring of just how integral – it was for me and and just my survivability. And that's where that's where it's scary for me that for a lot of these people, sports are never that happy of a place. And you pour your entire essence and and everything into it. And no matter what, you could win all the championships. You could be all conference, all American, like whatever. I was both those. Like, you are going to end up on the day on the other side. And it's going to be some of the most painful stuff of all time because you can't go back and you don't know where to go from here. And so I can, I can empathize with the dark places that these kids work themselves into. And they're not really kids. I mean, they're, they're kids, but they're young adults. And I don't know. Like I said, it, it's about early intervention. It's about coaches and having people in there that are in there for the right reasons, and not just here because it was it was easy for them to find a job here because I like I know plenty of people that I've played with or played along sli- alongside that I would not say as a good hockey coach or I would ever say like go be a hockey coach and they're hockey coaches because this is all they've been this is all they do we we don't diversify yeah. and so we have to look at ourselves more holistically honestly and that that's that's where you almost have to have the wherewithal beforehand and you have to be in a healthy place beforehand. There's just not a lot of people operating with that particular system. And so I hope that articles like Jordan Perez's um, and conversations like ours at some point, like have a little hook for someone if they've experienced like a dark spot like that, or if you get too caught up in a job or too caught up in a relationship, like,
1: and not just with people relationships with a lot of things
2: exactly exactly like enmeshment is a very very prevalent thing in our culture of just being like if if i like something i must become it and it must become part of me right it's that possession it's that power it is ours i am it yeah and so i, I think it's just a little bit more of that separation point but honestly i don't know i'm just trying to figure it out uh, as we go just like the rest of us but good start to our our, our program here gentlemen um Plenty of more to go. We're going to switch gears into the basketball world. How did we get here? Recap the roads to the NBA Finals. We'll be back on for to the bat.
0: Lindsey Brown and Adrian Hernandez. The Playmakers. Exclusively on 1140 The Bet.
2: Do we have to talk about the basketball? Cause I could just live in this Odessa album,
1: listen. I, I love like,
2: my bad. Even I
1: like the vibes that they're about to end here in about ten seconds. That's but all right. If, if you want to talk about them, we, we can go back. It's and okay. Forth.
2: It's okay. We got to We got a lot to go through because it's been a few days since we've seen playoff basketball. We know that the Boston Celtics and the Golden State Warriors are facing off Game One tonight, but I think we need to kind of recap how we got here. That's why we had the themed Odessa song.
1: Absolutely, and and not only am I excited because it's the NBA Finals, period, um, but period. I think. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think there's no question that these are the two best teams. Uh, and when it comes to the path and how they got there, it's also fascinating because they're polar opposites. Yes. Now with the Warriors, obviously, this is the third iteration of the Warriors. It's not the strength and numbers team. It's not the evil empire.
2: It's ride the wings and the spirit of the Wiggins.
1: Yeah, it's the spirit of the Wiggins. He
2: recognizes real, the Wiggins.
1: It's like, yo, we're still here and we bought new friends, right? The sixth time they're in the NBA Finals in eight years. And really quick, I want to start in the offseason with the Warriors because there was two things that were really interesting and kind of the buy-in culture that represented the team on the court kind of connected with the front office. So it leads up to the draft where they had two draft picks, and a lot of fans were kind of upset and kind of want them. You know, they they missed out on the playoffs the past two years. They lost to John Moran in the play-in. They had the worst record. And the front office was like, you know what? We're going to make our picks. We're going to draft Moses Modi. And Jonathan Kaminga, and we haven't said his name yet on the show, but whenever we bring up Moses Modi, we have to play this Kendrick Perkins clip, so hold on.
2: Play Thompson, Steph Curry, two of the best to ever do it. When you look at Modi, Moody,
1: Moody, 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 Moody.
2: Moody. Moses Moody. We call him eye Moody.
1: <laughs> yeah, Moses Moody. Um, so they decided to take those two players, and then the other decision was Jonathan Wiseman, James Wiseman, excuse me, was their second pick in the draft overall, and they had Andrew Wiggins. A lot of people wanted them to trade those players and get a star player, and the front office said no. And even as the year went on, as Draymond has done this podcast, they talked about how Draymond and Steph were kind of like, yo, we we want a star player instead. Can we get that? But they trusted the front office, and away we go to the regular season. On November 29th, Golden State was 18-2. and Uh-huh. That is one game off of the pace that they had when they had the 73-game win season. On the flip side, the Boston Celtics were 11-11. They were the ninth seed. You brought it up a million times when Marcus Smart had to bring everybody together. Odoko, they wanted him fired, but the uh, Warriors were on a run, and then the injuries happened. Klay Thompson finally returned after almost 1,000 days. Uh Draymond Green was out for two months. The game that Draymond comes back, Steph Curry gets out for a month. They rode the wave. They got that third seed. They get into the playoffs. They destroyed Denver with the MVP and Jokic in five games. They destroyed Memphis. Oh, whoa whoa,
2: whoa, 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 I know, but this is what I want to get into. Like, I appreciate going all the way back to preseason, like rankings and stuff like that. But like, what what exactly ha- have they had to figure out to get to this point? Like, how did they beat the Nuggets? What what brought them to that? point of victory Uh,
1: to to be honest to me it's kind of the the injuries help them out because this this team and this iteration of having to trust Andrew Wiggins being able to play Jordan Poole Jordan Poole is not in this situation where he's about to get a hundred million dollar contract from the Warriors in this offseason if Steph Curry doesn't get hurt
2: 100%
1: Andrew Wiggins stepping up um Otto Porter some of these dudes He's out tonight too yeah Gary Payton the second who Leading up to this season, there was a lot of conversation of, do we want 15 people on the roster? Because they were over the salary cap and they didn't want to pay that tax. And Joe Lacob was like, no, we need to have Gary Payton the second. And that was another decision where some of the players were like, why did we do this? And, you know, Steph Curry had to look and kind of admit to the front office, like, okay, you guys know what you're doing too. And he is going to be so integral in taking on Boston. And we're going to get up, of course, in the second hour, we're going to get into some of the key key matchups and X factors and things like that and really get into game one. But allowing some of these players to play and go through the hard times because when Draymond Green went out for the two months, Mm -hmm. the Warriors are the second best defense in the league, which I don't think a lot of people are talking about. The Celtics and the Warriors, they're talking about offense and defense. Boston is number one in defensive rating and Golden State is second. So these are the top two defensive teams. But when Draymond was out, Golden State was bottom 5 and they had to go through some of those responsibility hardships responsibility minutes. Yeah, 100% and they you know they they got their ass kicked mm-hmm. and when Draymond came back and they went on this run and when things mattered the most their schemes and everything defensively really really picked up and they went 12 and 4 and they weren't shutting teams down but I think a key part is is we're talking about Ja Morant, Jokic um, and, and who else, Luca? Yeah. we're talking about top ten top fifteen players in the league that they've had to go up against. And of course, Boston has had to go through that too, right. But I think it, it's so important that they've gone through those different styles and been in those moments.
2: And well, you're not scared of them because you you've had to have these responsible minutes. You've had to play in, in the big moments and in a way, you you've risen your your common denominator for your role players to not shy away in the face of some of those superstars. Like how like you said, how many teams can truly say that about theirs? It's one thing to for Steph Curry to go out there with a killer instinct in his eye, but it's another thing when you're like, Jay Poole, I'm not afraid of nothing. Like that's huge. You have to prove that to yourself.
1: And you know, obviously having Steph Curry, who, you know, in my opinion, is probably one of the greatest players to not have the ball on the court and like the history of the NBA and how he makes everyone better because of the attention and And it's proven. Yeah. And and it's been proven to be true with these players getting these opportunities and some of these looks Mm. and, you know, even like Andrew Wiggins being in a position against Memphis where Memphis was bigger and more physical, but he was still in there getting offensive rebounds and trying his heart out and knowing this is my role and this is how we have to do it because everyone buys in because this is, this is how we've 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 done this for years here in a Golden minus, State. I'm here to be a plus, yeah, and not only having those key players step up. Them not trying to go after the one seed or the two seed and being like, you know what, Phoenix, you got it, and Memphis, yeah. you got it, and
2: they still smoked through the playoffs. Like, they, yeah, they, like I think that's where you're going. Like in the opposite side of the Celtics because it almost they almost kind of walked through it, right? Because everybody came back together, they were able to plug and play their stars back in. So let's switch gears a little bit to Boston because outside of that that first series with Brooklyn, which was a sweep, and we know why. Like Milwaukee was, it's the defending champs, and you're playing Giannis. And and you win that in Game Seven, like I, let's start there because we we've talked about the building and the and the the cohesion and the and the meetings with Marcus Smart and stuff. But like, what to you for Boston ha- has changed in the last say three weeks? Because I'll I'll include that Milwaukee and and Miami series because I would say like Miami was the favorite at least for me going into that, including that Game Seven.
1: I think it's 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 really the hunger and the. We belief, can do
2: it like we we can get there ourselves and we're hungry
1: and remembering some of these moments of failure when they lost to Boston last year, when two years in the bubble, they lost to Miami. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of been a catch 22 because one of the frustrating parts um, is the inconsistency. But at the end of the day, you know, you can play two sides of the coin and I could go, well, Milwaukee didn't have Chris Middleton and Giannis was tired, but Boston was down three, two and they came back mm-hmm. to be able to do that. And that is so impressive in some of the, in that moment. With the first year head coach. 100%. Who? Some people were calling to who be fired. Who's
2: calling for anybody to be fired after the first year of their head coach? Like well, honestly. But, but
1: you have to think with, but, but Lynn's with Boston, this has been a, a six year culmination. Yeah, of, but it's his first try. True. But Boston, Celtics, they just want to win. They don't yeah, care know, who's but, in there. <laughs> and so I, it's not, I'm He's, not.
2: They're not going to fire guys four months, two months into the job. This guy doesn't have it.
1: But Lindsay, you're trying to rationalize like Celtics fans, and like they don't—they don't have the common you don't? sense of no, thinking. No, I'm not. Yeah.
2: trust me, I've lived with them. They're psychotic, <laughs> yeah. but it just doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah, and, and and like I said, to start 11 and 11, and to have the team meeting and be the ninth seed, and in the second half, the way they've dominated, they were the best second half team, and their defense—I said it—they're the best defense in the league. And also, then going into the Eastern Conference Finals and facing Miami and being down two-one. Um, and then being able to take that 3-2 lead, granted, it would have been a huge collapse had Jimmy Butler made that three. But it's kind of the resilience and the aggressiveness and, and the kind of we're never out of it and we're going to try our hardest and we are going to give you our absolute most. It, it's kind of the philosophy of Marcus Smart running around the court, diving for balls, mm. taking charges. So he's be-
2: they're better with him on the court, you're thinking? Yes,
1: I hope. in his sprained ankle, he, be- he better be good. Some people
2: say that the Celtics are a better team without Marcus Smart on the court some I, people mm, said this i think Maybe some the people same said, people that wanted to uh fire ime Adoka two minutes into the season
1: i think they Source, said that those they were sources the, the anonymous <laughs> i've heard people familiar yeah um i i think they're they're one of the same and one of the questions you asked is you know what is what is the mindset for boston um they going to be in
2: a knockdown drag out right because it's about getting jason tatum Angry enough, where he's fully engaged to reach the peak of his powers, but not enough to complain and kind of get outside of it, right? Yeah,
1: and, and they're more physical. Mm-hmm. They're bigger, and no pun intended. They're smarter. And you want to talk about wow. narratives? <laughs> you want to talk about narratives in this team?
2: Talk about a switch of a narrative. Marcus Smart fan club over there. No, I just
1: said they're 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 <laughs> a very smart defensive team in comparison to some of the teams that they, that the Warriors have had to face and. Facts. The narrative for it had a tougher
2: road, Boston for sure.
1: Yeah, and but that road, Lindsay, it
2: it creates a different <laughs> level of belief. It does. Like that's where I'm like, I'm I'm vibing with the why not us, why not now? Because you've gone through, you beat Brooklyn, who everybody picked to win and and assumed that they could beat you. Just showing up before the everything started, they think that you're gonna fo- fold the Giannis and in, into the forward champs, and then you get Jimmy buckets and the Miami machine. And you had moments of failure, but then you bounced back. Why not against the Warriors? Like, that's where I was Which asking they haven't Trista. lost. Like, they're almost like dragon slayers at this point.
1: Yeah, and they haven't lost, you bring that up, they haven't lost back-to-back games.
2: That's huge. And
1: to me, I've been spending the past four days and i think if they pull this off it might be the greatest championship run in terms of, of history, to me especially it goes, in
2: 2015 in cleveland
1: it goes one? to it goes to dallas when dallas beat the lakers who were the champs the year before they beat the spurs dynasty and then they beat the big 3 in miami for dirk to go through all those superstars we're talking about kyrie kd giannis yep jimmy butler steph curry clay thompson draymond green yeah. that's seven if not more hall of famers yeah so,
2: and that's probably that's probably at least mo- most of the top ten players in the NBA right now, and that's that's the moment I think that that Boston it can feel and and that's what Golden State is going to have to kind of temper in a way because they have been here before they know what to do and you know we've all seen the stat I think it's like Golden State has 143 combined NBA Finals games and zero with the Celtics and so it's easy to kind of play on those emotions too to kind of get overhyped um, but we'll have to see what who brings their best energy first, how those buckets fall early on, because we know that all of it has to do uh, with, that is, with that distance between your two ears. Um, speaking of some uh, people that have plenty of experience and uh, intelligence to share, Frank Gore, Ryan Fitzpatrick, apparently set to retire. We get into the last time the NFL... Was without them. On the other side of the break, one for the bet.
1: We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new
0: iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month, with eligible trade-in when you switch. Adrian Hernandez and Lindsey Brown, the
1: Playmakers, exclusively on 1140 The Bet. Only good vibes here on the Playmakers. Uh, and if you like the beats, should I suggest? You know, Lindsey, I'm going to do it. I'm going to suggest it. The okay. Odyssey app. You know why? Because this great music from the mind and what you like and your musical taste mm. can be found on that Odyssey app. In that, uh, what's the name
2: of the playlist again? I think it was like Underground Hip Hop or something. Oh, wait, that's your playlist name. That's right. I think mine's Hype Master Locker Mix.
1: See, we're giving you options. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My Brain or Hers, you can get it on that Odyssey app. And it leads to this moment right now on this Thursday. It is time for News According to Adrian. Vegas, be ready. This is vital information. Yesterday, Inside Edition came out with a test of the pool water. At three popular Las Vegas day clubs. Are
2: you kidding me?
1: Marquis, Daylight Beach Club, and Tao Beach Day Club. Daylight had a massive total bacteria count of 100 million E. coli fecal bacteria found in foam floating throughout the pool. Marquee had a total bacteria count of 15 million, which is considered high. And the water at Tao Beach was surprisingly clean, with no evidence of E. coli. So one out of three, let's go.
2: <laughs> Why would you bring that to? Us? I mean, it's a community it's thing. I know, but I'm know just this. like, you put that over Allison, and we're, we're, I'm like, what we should have done is done like some some pre-production meeting, probably play a song from the year 2005, and then maybe just maybe. Oh. We don't talk about the poop water, but like we all know <laughs> <laughs> what you're probably getting into when you're getting into the pools. Usually there's some suspension of belief when it comes to uh, being a Vegas vis- visitor versus a Vegas local. But uh, thank you for sharing that, Adrian. That news is always very important to our community members. But I want to get into the funner part of our conversation here because um, Frank Gore is going to retire. I can't believe he's retiring with 99 touchdowns. I'm like, come on, man, but that's Just get all right. One more. And then apparently Ryan Fitzpatrick, Fitzmagic, is also anticipated to retire. Both of them were drafted in 2005, and uh, I think the the song that we should have probably led the segment in is the Grey's Anatomy theme because that's always the joke that I make. And it was 2005 was also the same year that show premiered. That is still going.
1: That's nuts. So we know
2: that the Shonda Land production outlast. So there's that.
1: That's absolutely incredible. That's a lengthy run. So Honestly, I can't believe I collected this.
2: a bunch of things that happened in the year 2005 to kind of illustrate how long it's truly been. And let's just start here. Dominic, how old were you in the year 2005?
1: Um, January 1st, two, two and a half. Two and a half. Turned three not in even July. potty
2: trained. Boys I, th- take I might longer. have. I'm eh, not boys sure. take longer. Dom and diapers. Dom and diapers. <laughs> Year two thousand five was also the year that hurricane Katrina came on down, uh, uh, flooding eighty percent of the city of New Orleans. Sixteen hundred people perished. YouTube was founded, and then a year later in two thousand and six, Google purchased the company for one point six five billion. And then clearly things have changed after that. Uh, the United States Supreme Court ruled that medicinal use of marijuana users can be prosecuted for violating federal drug laws. Mm. That happened in two thousand five. Boo! Uh, I was like looking up for like the I know. It was later in the aughts, but like for the first gay marriage and stuff like that. And there is something about it where basically they said, we're not doing that. Also in 2005. Uh, happy Pride Month, everyone. Lance Armstrong wins a record seven straight tour de France before his scheduled retirement and all that BS. They came after that cost of living. This is where it starts to get fun, guys. This is where it starts to get fun. Average cost of a new house. Two hundred and ninety-seven thousand dollars. Still completely unaffordable for us, but I, I can see the signs around the communities here starting at the low fives, starting at the high sevens. I'm I like, build wow!
1: It builds you a bathroom now,
2: right? <laughs> Average median income. This is where it hurts people. Forty-six thousand three hundred twenty-six dollars. It's a little bit more than what I make right now. Cost of a gallon of gas: three eighteen. $3.18. Um, wow. Just just that little inflation difference, right, guys? Right? I, I have to get gaslight. Oh my I god. I did. <laughs>
1: Thoughts
2: and three, prayers.
1: It's still over three three dollars. That makes me feel good, strangely.
2: Oh popular boy. films. That was your Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire came out. I think that's that's my favorite Harry Potter book. You haven't read it. Never I don't understand seen the movie you. Either. I just
1: <laughs> Is it your favorite movie though from the Harry Potter series?
2: Yes. Because okay. I like the book. I just like, the, I'm I'm loyal like that. I just like the whole kind of Olympics, but make it wizard. You know? Facts. You know? Exactly. That's like, that's kind of bad. I was like, oh, I could exist in this world too as an athlete. Chronicles of Narnia came out that year. Hitch, Crash, Broke Back Mountain. Hitch. Uh, I believe Ray won a lot of Oscars that year. Jamie Foxx won a lot of Oscars. So did Hilary Swank for a Million Dollar Baby. You familiar with that film? Clint no. Eastwood? Nope. Do uh, you know who Clint Eastwood is?
1: I've heard of him, yeah. Okay,
2: that's good um still alive too yeah
1: (laughs) it was a couple weeks ago 93 or 94 Clint
2: Eastwood is eternal (laughs) (laughs) in all the best and worst ways
1: still making movies
2: um I have the billboard year end hot 100 chart guys this you want to talk about some bangers off of number one We Belong Together by Mariah Carey Queen Queen back Girl by Gwen Stefani are you familiar yes you know that song yeah um Gold Digger was sixth, sixth.
1: Classic. You know
2: what, what? 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 Connie and Jamie Foxx were behind. And just think of Jamie Foxx coming out with that song at the peak of Ray as well. Like what a mar- <laughs> what a marketing genius right there. Uh that was number six. Number five, One Two Step by Sierra Missy Elliott.
1: Another classic. Uh,
2: it, it, uh, classic is I feel like underselling it. Since you've been gone by Kelly Clarkson, which we have definitely referenced in the last She's two weeks. Been gone let me love you by mario i haven't heard that. can you look up this song because it's such a good song Baby, I, we, let me or love like it's either you. that or like disco okay. inferno by fitty don't don't funk with my heart i th- that is one of the most underrated black eyed peas the ella funk album we have talked extensively about on this program lose control by missy Elliott. another Una- unbelievable music video like this is peak trl for us at least for me like middle school Sierra and Missy Elliott were putting out some of the hottest tracks, but it was all about the music video so You need to go look. This is your this is your homework tonight. Got gotcha. you. It's not like you were up at like four in the morning. This that is was.
1: this is peak 50 Cent, Mr. Like,
2: Brightside, The Killers. Has anybody heard of that song?
1: One hundred percent. If you've been at the target, it's hard to deny. Correct.
2: <laughs> Isn't that what they call like one of the the white people anthems you played at a party i I Mr. Brightside? <laughs> These are facts. Um, it is. Yeah. And on the
1: flip side, Disco Inferno gets played. Disco
2: Inferno is candy such a good shop. Sign. Candy shop. I remember trying to tell my mom, mom, it's not about what you think. It's literally about candy. No, it's not. That's what I, makes I it saying so that
1: in a toys R Us one time.
2: Oh, Mario. Yo, where's Elizabeth
1: Figueroa at?
2: Mm-mm. Who?
1: This is the era. Elizabeth Figueroa was in my life what this Whatever happened
2: to Mario? Because he, like, he was in Step Up 2. <laughs> he was.
1: That's the problem. He <laughs> he was. You answered your he
2: question. He came with this side. Like, Step Up was like 2005. And like Step Up 2, I feel like it was like 07 or something like that. I'm Maybe clicking was on in his the wiki. Original. He was at the school with the lead actress whose name escapes me at this current point.
1: Oh, he had label problems.
2: Oh, so that's why he didn't.
1: Yeah, thousand eleven is where things took a turn. Oh, he left no. RCA. You know what I'm saying? He has a filmography though. Oh, like Oh my god! You just said.
2: Wait, can you put on "Soldier" by Destiny's Child, really quick? If I
1: can find, if they were Stop, Destiny's yeah. Child, still in two thousand five was oh, still. Oh yeah! Oh wow. yeah! This is like
2: right before that, because like remember when Beyonce did what was the song with Jay Z that was her first single, "Crazy in um, Love"? Yeah. That was around the same time. A little but Wayne. that was a single and and it was kind of like, can I do this alone? Can I do this alone? And obviously it's beyond saying we know now what had happened, but
1: Oh, I should probably Was was sure. a guarantee. It, it honestly it wasn't?
2: No. But soldier,
1: is. I need to make sure I forgot this. There's, there's My some Humps words came in that out song. out this
2: year rich girl. We've talked about both of those songs extensively. Girl was a rich girl. Facts. If I had in the world feel good INC by the Gorillas. Oh,
1: I see Ryan Fitzpatrick walking into OTAs Turn as a rookie, this up. listening to this. Mm. Come on, Dom, let me hear some verse. This is the most two thousands rap song. ever. hundred
2: percent, it's a vibe. <laughs> I can
1: see like the fifteen X t-shirts
0: and like the forty inch chains. This now. is what you're
2: wearing: tank top, midriff is obviously showing. Cargo pants, definitely. Camo,
1: beanie. There was no so- beanie
2: because it, that you're wearing a tank top with no with no nothing covering up your tummy. The, the beanie's kind of a little bit of overkill. That is. What fair. is it? Is it cold up up top there? No. Maybe. Dom,
1: you, you need to remember the the, the cargos, the white tees, seven XL.
2: Doc Martens.
1: Locker, five for twenty five. Dom. <laughs> yep. What an that's a deal. Hey, honestly, Scars by
2: Papa Roach. Sugar were going down when <laughs> Fallout Boy became Oh my god. I have actual like core memory sitting on the bus listening to those songs From from Fallout Boy. Just a walk down memory lane. Oh, grind with me with Pretty Ricky. We might have to just redo the whole show. But Go ahead, talk tomorrow. Deep Dive with 35 is on the way. Let's just make it about me instead. four for the bet.